Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where every week we get into a different band, different artists, and we listen to all of their records. And we rank them from worst to best. And we also give our biggest banger from each of them. But before we do that, we get into our Six Degrees with Tom DeLonge. And that's where we connect the band of the week to our boy Tom DeLonge in Six Degrees or Less. While you're listening, go to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, give us five stars and five stars only. Please go do that. All the social media is at Asinine Radio. And now that we have the boy intro out of the way, uh, oh, my name is Tyler, and way out there, hundreds of miles away, is Jeff. So now that we have that out of the way, let's jump right into our Six Degrees of Tom DeLonge. If you don't know, we're doing corn this week, so we're going to connect corn to my boy Tom DeLonge. So what do you got? I only have one. I know you have three, correct? I have three. I knew this was a big week for you. This was a this big, is a big uh, week, man. This is a big week for you. I didn't want to, I didn't want to, uh, I didn't want to half-ass anything, as it were, <laughs> as, I, as I normally do. <laughs> so, okay. uh, so I did three. I did three. I tried to do. I, w- I was going to do every band member, um, but except for Jonathan Davis, I didn't do him. Okay, that was the easiest fine. one. Um, and I tried to do six degrees. So, like, we could have went with like Brooks, in, in various capacities. That he seemed to be a common mm-hmm. denominator a lot of times. I tried yeah. to do everything, so it, it, it added up to exactly six degrees. So here we go. Okay, what do you got? Number one, monkey. <laughs> this is already fun Monkey formed the band Fear and the Nervous System With Leopold Ross Who is the brother of Atticus uh-huh. Ross Apparently yes. Leopold did a band um, Did a band Did a, did band, a band called yeah. <laughs> Did a band called Error With Brett Gerwitz from Bad Religion Brett has appeared on numerous Rancid albums As both musician and, and producer um, Along with the Rancid member Tim Armstrong Mm-hmm. And so, t- just so I can get to the six degrees, I did Tim to Travis, Travis to Mark, Mark to Tom. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you really did. You were exact. Exactly. Okay. All right. More of these Continue. cool nicknames. Fieldy did a group called Stillwell <laughs> with Wuv from POD. Cool nickname, bro. Wuv. Wuv. Is it Wuv or Wuv? I think it's Wuv. That's still I don't equally know. I, stupid. Whatever. It doesn't matter. It's I'm going to call it Wuv because that's also stupid. I love you. Love and Marcos were bandmates, Marcos being the drummer for POD. And also rhythm guitarist, too, like on, on studio um, work. Kind of funny. Marcos did some guitar work for the hip-hop group Nappy Roots on their song mm. Ah Nah. Like, Ah Nah. Ah Nah. Nappy Roots' second album featured Lil John, who like helped produce and write a lot of songs. Lil John did a song with Yellow Wolf called Hard White from Yellow Wolf's Radioactive album, Yellow Wolf to Tom. Fuck. There we go. That's a good one. That's a good one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So then what's your final one? This one, this was my favorite. This was my favorite. Uh, Head, cool nickname. Head oversaw an outreach organization called the Whosoevers mm-hmm. that featured motocross star Ronnie Feist. Never heard of him, but Ronnie yeah, was an OG that. member of the Metal Militia along with Brian Deegan. Brian Deegan was on an episode of Viva La Bam. In which he uh, he almost died doing a motocross trick, like he he crashed the handlebars went into his stomach, and like he lost a oh, kidney, shit. fucked up his spleen, lost a shit ton of blood, almost died on the show. Wow, like it was bad. I didn't know that. Um, anyways, so that was the three. Viva mm-hmm. La Bam had a ton of guest hosts, including Tony Hawk. Tony Hawk appeared on stage with Feldy to do oh, the cringiest God. rendition of uh, Superman. By Goldfingers mm-hmm. that I've ever seen, and then Feldy to Blink, which he has done more than once. It is that it's that, terrible. That was it's the embarrassing. Worst of it though. It's so embarrassing. So it's embarrassing. embarrassing. Okay. All right. Cool. So that's the six degrees with six degrees of Tom DeLonge. I can't believe I I didn't. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking when I wrote this. This doesn't make any fucking sense. So I apologize. I thought I had one, but I did not. Nope. That, um, that was good. That was fun. We did it. But but anyway, we we have a big episode, big 
couple episodes with this rankings, what? with these rankings, and then with uh, follow the leader episode. So um, let's jump into the rankings. We're doing their fourteen studio records, and we're we're gonna start doing these rankings differently from now on. We're gonna actually to make it go quicker. We're going to just go album by album and then tell where it sits in our rankings. And we're not going to take turns. It's just going to be more of a interactive thing. Not interactive thing, but more of a conversation thing. Um, so we're going to start from their newest album to Corn's Corn. And then, like I said, we're going to give it, we're going to show, or we're going to tell you where uh, we put that in our rankings. So I fucked that. Dude, I'm, I'm a mess today. Yeah, what, what is going you, on? I, even, I think what, I'm just what, excited. What is, life? what is happening? I'm, <laughs> just excited um okay so requiem that is their newest record uh this came this is their 14th record came out in 2022 uh where does this one sit for you requiem requiem that sounds weird you know requiem. i hate saying that word requiem <laughs> requiem uh stupid requiem that's my uh 12th i guess yeah rank 12 so third to last okay so no 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 so so rec, rec, fuck requiem is my least favorite corn record this this is number 14 for me i think this record is this is mediocre i i really don't go back to this record very often i do have it on vinyl it's still not a bad record but throw it up against everything else this is just plain old people corn you cannot get more plain old people than this that's right? that's exactly what I thought. I thought it was. I mean, it's it's this is like decent corn filler. It's just it's it's fine. I like that mm-hmm. it's thirty minutes long, and there's you know there's you know that's fine. Yeah, it's their I, shortest record. This is the last record they've done with Fieldy so far. Um, I think Fieldy is probably out of the band at this point. They they pretty much did this to David, the original drummer. He went on a hiatus, and he never came back. But he, even though he wanted to come back, but he never did. Um, so I think this is going to also what ha- this is going to this is what's going to happen to Fieldy. Um, but yeah, Requiem is just the songs aren't that great. The cover art just looks like it's made by like some fifth grader who's learning how to use like it's some so sort of ugly. CGI. Like it's it's just it it is amateur. It is so fucking amateur. I don't think it sounds good. You know, the guitars don't sound good. Nothing sounds good on this record. I, I just I don't care for Requiem really at all. I I Instead did like the that. song Hopeless and Beaten. I I, I did kind of like that one. Not on the okay. playlist, but I did. Uh, I did want to give a little shout out because it wasn't all bad. Okay, I see. I don't I don't have a banger off this one yet. I think I need to listen to it more. I this is really the corn record corn record I've listened to the least, which obviously makes sense because it's their newest record. But yeah, still. Um, so yeah, Requiem Rec- Rec- is my 14 and it is your 12. So now that we're done with this annoying, annoyingly named record, what do you got for number? What's um? So the next record is The Nothing. Well, <laughs> what? You're going to say, what do you got for number 12? I know I was going to, I was going to, but I caught myself. But nothing. So, so the next, the next in Korn's um, cr- chronology, is that the right? This is all very new to this is all very new. I, I'm not used to this. This is weird. This um, is bizarre. Their thirteenth record is the Nothing. This came out in 2019. Where, where does this one sit for you? This is the Nothing, number eight. This is eight. Okay, so this is pretty right high for you. Yeah, this is um this one really surprised me. This is my uh, this is my number five. My number wow. five. Why? Wow. This record just to me it keeps getting better and better with with each listen. I, I've it's it's a great record. What what do, you, what do you what do you got on this one? So I thought I thought this was more good than bad. There's some cool like soundscapes and that make the songs more kind of like ethereal than other corn records that that mm-hmm. I heard. Um, this is B team filler, B tier filler, B tier filler. Okay. filler. Wow, uh, this, this is a tough one. What's going on? The, with what this is today? this pod talk is bad tonight. <laughs> Not even there was alcohol yet. Jesus Christ. Um, the song Harder, I didn't like a lot. It was yeah. really, really fun. It built up nicely. And I think I did playlist it. There's a lot of songs here that I played from from albums that I didn't particularly care for. I did like the song Harder. It was stylized all stupid, but that's fine. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's kind of stupid. So, um, yeah, like I said, this is my number five. Harder is also my banger. Um, and oh, wow. so, wow. Yeah, I, I, 
it's it's a good it's a great song man it's kind of cheesy but it's still really good the whole record's really fucking good the story behind the record is extremely sad it's about his ex-wife who got who's who got addicted to drugs she ended up overdosing and i mean he on this record he cries it's it's really emotional the lyrics are really sad um it's it's a it's a crazy record and and i i when it, the, like the worse Jonathan Davis feels, the better his performances tend to be, as fucked up as it sounds. But in this instance, it's true. And this one jumped more than any of their other records um, in my rankings. I, I just the nothing is it's it's something special. That's for sure. I really, really, really dig this record. Um, the best record they've done in a very, very long time. I, w- I will also so. say I'm fucking really tired of hearing him cry. Just, I'm so so done with it. <laughs> he only cries on the first two records, Dude, and then on he, the nothing. He doesn't. He doesn't like full on cry like he did on Daddy, but he still whines. He whined on fucking uh, the album of the week. <laughs> he, wait, what song? We'll get there. Okay. All right. Fine. 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 All right. Um, so for the, their twelfth record, is the is Serenity of Suffering. Where does that one sit for you? Serenity of Suffering. Because this has always been very low for you, this record. Oh yeah, see, oh yeah, this is the one that I, I shit the mo- shit on the most. This is this is number ten. Okay, you still don't really like it. Okay, I mean, still higher than I was expecting. Yeah, yeah this one wasn't as bad as, as I was expecting. Expecting nothing, nothing exciting, nothing really new. Um, but but JD did have some like cool growls on this one that I liked, specifically like there is nothing in my head part, and oh, that's good, everything yeah. falls apart. I playlisted that one because that part is so fucking cool, man. That was so fucking fun. That was so funny. It's a, a good, good throwback time. to like Life is Peach, the Life is Peach year. He, the yeah. Era, it that's was the solid. kind of shit he would do. I really, I really did enjoy that. Um, but I don't know. The album overall, I, I thought this was going to be lower again, but it was, it was fine. It was fine. Yeah, because we actually did Serenity of Suffering on the podcast when the album came out. So this album came out in 2016. So wow. this was like right when we first started the podcast. So it's it's a long, long lost episode. And you just, man, you just ripped it apart back then. I remember. <laughs> and it made me kind of think like, wow, do I do I not like this record? Because I really loved it. But <laughs> you just you just trashed it so fucking bad. It's so funny. I mean, don't get me I, wrong. I it's gone. not a good record. I would never, ever buy this in a million fucking years. But the fact that it's ranked so high is is something oh, 10 it's out of 14 <laughs> it's still higher than i was expecting that is true it's higher than fucking 11 <laughs> out of 14 year. that's right so yeah serenity of suffering um my banger off this one is take me i i just i he sometimes he hits those those kind of like ballad choruses really really well they hit really hard and and this is one of those instances um i i just this song always gets playlisted for me i think this song or this record is also they were almost there trying to get back to to what they're they're best at like in the ni- like late 90s early 2000s um they were really trying with this one but it just didn't quite hit just didn't quite hit it um but there's still some solid songs also it's weird that this is the first time they ever collaborated with Corey Taylor from Slipknot he did uh he did one of the, he was on one of the songs and it's a good song it's not their best song but it's solid it's solid so serenity of suffering hate the artwork too fucking hate the artwork on this one. Nothing in my head. that part's so good that's part's <laughs> so good oh yeah and also um actually going back to the nothing real quick that record had there's john feldman is on one of the songs has a co-writing credit and billy corgan as well on another song so that's a fun little fact right there that, that's um, that's a fact sure it's a fun one it's a fun one that dude okay all right so uh let, let's let's go into their 11th record right there yeah their 11th record have we did yeah the okay, paradigm so shift the paradigm shift yeah i'm trying to keep all my notes together because this is so different paradigm shift uh this this is their 11th album from 2013 what would you think of this one I, i'm just really curious what you think because i i just i love all these records I don't know why, but <clears throat> so the paradigm shift is in between the nothing and serenity of suffering. Paradigm shift is number nine. It's interesting because okay. their 11th, 12th, and 13th record are all kind of in that same eight, nine, and 10 block. The paradigm shift I thought was a little bit better than serenity, but not quite as good as the nothing. I just, it's just more filler, dude. The song never, 
Never Never was the only song I did enjoy from this one. What? But, but it's oh. funny because like it's still influenced by like the dubstep that they swore they weren't going to do on this fucking album. <laughs> but okay, dorks. Yeah. But overall, this was just this album's just filler. <laughs> because if I if if I like that song, then I'm just going to listen to a better dubstep album that they're gonna do or did. Okay, all right. Boring. That's fine. So the, the paradigm shift for me, this one is number 13. This is one I listened to a lot when it came out. So, I mean, I know all the songs well. There's a lot of nostalgia with it, but I I rarely go back to it. Um, I did get it on vinyl recently. I got it from Double Nickels for like fucking really cheap. Oh, this is the one. For online. Remember that? Yeah. Got it for really cheap. So, um no, it wasn't. Wait, was it sealed? I think it was sealed. It was sealed. You're right. Yeah, it was sealed. So, um, but yeah, the paradigm shift. I, shift. This is the first record with Head back in the band. First record he had done with the band since 2003's Take a Look in the Mirror. And um, so everybody was like, fans were thinking, okay, this is going to be back to like the heavier stuff, like that record. And it is heavier. And they ditched the dubstep for the most part, except for Never Never, which is like one of my least favorite songs on the record. It's still good, but there's no there's no reason for it. It really isn't. It's, just, it's well, especially because they said that they weren't going to do it. They specifically yeah, said that they weren't true. going to do it, and then fucking did it. And they fucking did it. Yeah. So the paradigm shift. I, I think that the songs, they're just. I feel like Jonathan Jonathan Davis goes through these things where when he does you when he when it's a more rock centric record, you could tell he doesn't want to do it because he doesn't really like rock music that much. So he kind of phones it in vocally, and that's what he did on the paradigm shift. He really, really phoned it in. The melodies aren't super, super strong. The guitars are just kind of a muddled mess. The bass is almost non-existent. Ray Luzier, the drummer, he's just, he, he just, he's too busy. He's way too busy. He's a great drummer, but way too busy for this band at times. And it shows on the paradigm shift. So I still really like it. I'm, I'm just talking a lot of shit. I shouldn't be, but, um, my, my two banger, I have two bangers off this one. Tell me, um, tell me what you want. And the song Victimize. Those are my two bangers off of the paradigm shift. So that's okay. my number 13. And that okay. was your number nine. Yeah. So let's go down. We Now we have the Path of Totality. This one came out, the 10th record from 2012. This is their dubstep one. What, what do you got on this one? This one broke the uh, top four. No way. Th- it's my number three. <laughs> no. Sh- are you yeah. fucking joking I'm serious. Me? I, I think like breaking wow. these albums up. So I will say that that I I put all of these into like a random generator online, and then whatever that random generator spit out one through fourteen is the order that I listen to these records in. And mm-hmm. so I think breaking these up made the listen through a lot, a lot better, and and I think because of that also it made me like this one a lot more. Like some of these tracks were a little a little ballad like, kind of weak. Yeah. Right, a little slower, like uh, I don't really know what you're doing here. But overall, the album was solid, and I I think they just did that sound perfectly, because like who would do that fucking sound? Who would who would mix like dubstep with new metal? That sounds like shit. That sounds dumb. <laughs> but they <laughs> but did a good job. Well. They yeah. did. They did a great job. I I, I it's funny because I actually loved slash hated the song Get Up when he was singing. It was kind of like that ballad driven thing that I just don't mm. want to fucking hear. Like, uh, but everything else around that, ooh. Are you talking about the when he says, "Shut the fuck up, get up"? Talking about that part? No, well, not that. But that part's good. But he sings on that song. He's actually well, singing yeah. on that song, and he that's bad. I don't bit. like that. It's not bad. Overall, I think like the worst part of this band and the best part of this band is Jonathan Davis. I, I would agree with you. Okay, on some records, yes, I would agree with you. But when he sings, it's <sighs> fucking boring. He just he has not changed his style since like album five and that's fine that's fine look at i know that's okay i guess talking about a band like bouncing souls you love the bouncing souls he fucking sounds the same on every single one of their songs over the last 30 years yeah and i wouldn't fucking i wouldn't i wouldn't say that those records are are like perfect or anything just like these ones it's just i i I just it's boring Uh, he's not even like really good at it but i don't know the path of totality was solid I can't. Bleeding I just, out, it's still shocking. It's uh, oh, bleeding out. Bleeding one. out was my my biggest B. I don't know. They they like this this song had so many different chord sounds just all thrown together, in a in a way that it was just this hodgepodge, this this cauldron of of sounds. But it flowed very nicely. 
And I think mm-hmm. I'd buy this if I saw it in the wild. I so it's only I think it's only ever been pressed on music on vinyl. I do have this one. I got it off of Discogs, I believe, a long, long time ago, like when we first started collecting. And um, it, it's a solid pressing. I mean, music on vinyl. I think I think they put out generally really good pressings of. Yeah, of I love records. those fucking pressings. So um, so I do have this one. Really, so there's only th- two corn records I don't have on vinyl, and that's the Untitled record from '07 and Remember Who You Are. Uh, from 2009 those are the only two ones two records i don't have from them but um but the path of totality i mean like you said this is their their uh, dubstep record i mean he had i mean this is pretty much like a jonathan davis solo record i mean he did all the programming on it really the, the guitars the drums are they're there but they're not there you know what does that make any fucking sense wait which which one what how what rank is this for you Oh, I'm sorry. This is my 12. Oh, no, no my te- this is my 10B. I'm sorry. This is my 10B. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, this is my 10B. Um, I do like really... Okay. No, I really do love this record. I really, really do. I like that they tried something so different and they brought in, you know, these different producers. They brought in Skrillex, Excision, uh, Noisy, I think it was, Downlink. There's a bunch of dubstep guys on here. And I think ex- outside of Skrillex, Excision is like the best when it comes to dubstep i mean his his music is so fucking heavy and those tend to be the better songs on this record are the either the skrillex ones or the excision ones and um i got three bangers uh tension which is actually a bonus track this one is with is it more of an excision song i believe um that's a really good one narcissistic cannibal one of the singles with skrillex fucking killer and also burn the obedient with noisia that one is fucking solid too. But then bleeding out is another fucking banger. There's a lot of good. There's a lot of good stuff on here. What do you hate this album for? I don't. I really love this record, but it's it's a Jonathan Davis solo record. It's not. It's not a band record. Like this is so clearly his thing. And 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 you go back to interviews during this period and after this period, and the rest of the band were like yeah john john brought this idea to do a dubstep record we none of us really wanted to do it but he was so passionate about it so we're like you know what fuck it let's just do it so none of the band was really into it and then considering what was happening coming off of the record prior to this and jonathan having a complete fucking breakdown um leading into this record and he lost a shit ton of weight got addicted to prescription pills it the whole story is crazy and like that, remember who you are record really fucked Jonathan Davis up hardcore. And so I think they were kind of like walking on eggshells around him because they were afraid that he was going to do something crazy. But um, I do really like the path to totality. I really, really do. It came out at a great time when, you know, dubstep was still, you know, a lot of fun and we were all really into it. And it was cool, man. It was cool. Oh, did you, um, I know you listen to a lot of like side bands, like different songs here and there. Did you listen to, um, his, his dubstep EP? Jonathan Davis? Yeah. I don't think so. He did a dubstep EP. It's like five songs, I think, with a couple other producers. I can't even remember the name of the, it was like a group. They actually, actually had a name, but I can't remember what it's called right now, but it was actually really, it was straight dubstep. Was it like the robot one or something like that? Yeah, yeah. I can't even think of the name of it right now, but it's the, that EP is really good. I, th- I think I did. I think it did come up at some in some point when when Spotify finishes playing one album, it'll play things you th- it thinks you'll like. Yeah. I think it. I think it was called something about robot or like probot, not probot, but something no, like it wasn't probot. Robot. Yeah, I, shit, I can't remember right now. I really can't. I'm trying to look it up real quick, but it doesn't matter. So. Let's, um, yeah. it's not important. So we go to the ninth record from 2010, Corn 3, Remember Who You Are. What do you, what do you got with this one? Ah, this is my 11th. Ooh, it's low. Okay. Yeah. This was my 11th. Um, there was, there was a lot to like about this one, like musically. And then I think like JD said this album was about like the vibe and, he was going to write lyrics after the music was done and shit like that. But honestly, like that's just a good way of putting it. So many of these songs groove nicely, but man, like 
what was he doing? He his his fucking his voice matched nothing on this record. I thought he was absolutely <laughs> awful on this record. These guys grooved pretty damn well. They clicked, yeah. and they and like when they groove, they can groove pretty damn well. But he just like what are you doing here? I, if you're not gonna come for like the sessions, if you're not gonna write with the band, if you're gonna like do the stuff afterwards, then don't take from the music. I think all he did on this one was just take from the music. Um, Lead the parade, I thought was the only track here that I thought that JD didn't like kill the mood, and that's mm-hmm. mostly because the song just went so many different ways. There was like metal to funk to some like weird jazz fusion type shit. Not not <laughs> playlistable, but still cool. I just thought overall, yeah. like like this album just did have a good groove, but JD did not. You know, so my I, I feel much differently about this one because I think he was the best part of this record. I liked his vocal performance a lot. I liked the the craziness of it and how wild it sounded. My least favorite part was Ray, the drummer, the new drummer at this point. This is the first record Ray had played on. Um, this is also the record where they they got Ross Robinson back into the fold. They had him produce the record. Everybody in the band said this record was like one of their least favorite records they ever recorded because, and even Ross said this too, like years later, he said he regretted his approach to this record because he said that he treated the 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 recording the recording process like they they were still 20 years old like they were still kids but and not really kind of understanding that they were full-blown adults at this point with kids and you know their career had blown up since life is peachy and so there's like there's it's, there's no animosity it's just that you know they weren't all on the same page and they tried to recreate something that just really couldn't be recreated especially when you didn't have two of the original members on this record with Ed and David gone. So with that I don't like Ray's performance cuz he's too fucking busy. He's way way too busy. He doesn't have the groove that David has. David's an underrated drummer and Ray is just he's too much of a perfectionist and it really shows on this record and i and i get it he was trying he wanted to prove himself to the band and to the fans that he's good he's a good fit for the band but he just did too much it's way way too much and that's my least favorite part um what is rank for I, you you said this, oh this is my number 7 <laughs> this is this is my 7 this one actually creeped up a little bit and i was surprised by that but i just i really like jonathan i really like jd's vocals on this on this Damn. one i feel like they're really honest and like, dude, he did. Dude, Ross Robinson got John, Jonathan to do some really like kind of fucked up things on this record, to the point where like the psych, his, Jonathan's psychiatrist, like I think, like threatened to, to like beat the shit out of Ross because, because he he put Jonathan through so much torment. He actually made him sing like, write a song about his wife Devin, who eventually died of an overdose. He made he made him sing a song like about how much what he didn't like about her to her while he was like recording it. Like she was in the vocal booth with him while he recorded it. Like just so, cause Ross wanted that, that raw emotion out of, out of Jonathan. And they've all said like, that was a really bad decision because it really fucked with him. And then that's why he kind of spiraled after this record. He lost all that weight and he got addicted to prescription drugs. And then the path of totality happened. Like the whole story of this arrow is, it's me- it sucks if it's messed up the band was at a crazy crazy low point but i don't know i i know everything about this fucking band okay no that's that's i that's, that's i love fine. it I, I still love it i think the artwork is just as creepy as their first record um my bangers off this one a fear is a uh, fear is a place to live i really love the melody in that chorus i think it's it's just solid solid jonathan davis um, also, people pleaser. One of the one of the bonus tracks. One of the two bonus tracks. This is one of the better songs off the, on the record, and it should have been on the main record. But people pleaser is also a solid one. His vocals are insane on it. But um, yeah, that's my number seven. Corn three is my number seven. Remember who okay. you are. So okay, let's get into Untitled, their um, eighth record from two thousand seven. What do you got on this one? That is my thirteen. Man, you see, I thought you would like this one more. I really thought That's this was going to be a lot higher. Holy shit. You haven't even got to your worst ranked record yet. I know. So, okay, so, oh, oh, so well, here we go. Here we go. Okay. Here's what surprised me. This is uh, this is cool because they're kind of like diving into this doom metal stoner rock sound. 
but they still kept their like iconic corn sound. I get it. I like it. I was actually really into it. Um, mostly like the middle of the album, like Ever Be and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like that that era or that part of the album, the middle part, was like, I thought was actually amazing. But Jonathan Davis, dude, the guy is just the worst. He's the absolute fucking worst. <laughs> I, I cannot stand his vocals on this. He ruined every single song that he opened his mouth on. I would be interested to hear just like the instrumental part of this album if he just shut his fucking mouth. I thought he was atrocious. <laughs> Hated it. Nothing he did matched the mood, matched the music, matched anything. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was funny when they brought in, uh, I was re- reading a little bit about it, they brought in Terry Bozio as a hired mm-hmm. session drummer. <laughs> yeah. And, and he tried to convince the band to make him a permanent member and give him 25% royalties. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fucking ballsy, man. Like, what? This fucking guy right And they here, pretty right? much told him to fuck off. They pretty much told him to fuck off. Oh, that was so funny. I laughed so hard because I was like, yeah, seriously, like the balls in this fucking guy, dude. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Eight records deep, corn. Come on. Get the fuck out of here. I know, right? Um, my favorite song was Killing. Not not playlistable again, but at mm-hmm. least Jonathan Davis which wasn't... This was his least obnoxious vocal part on the album. That's one of the more... That's like the most aggressive song on the record, too. I'm surprised you yeah. went after that one. Well, that's because his voice matched the song. Okay. All right. I mean there okay, so this is this is my this is my eight B. I, I really like this record for how this is one of the most unique sounding records outside of the Path of Totality. There's nothing that sounds like it, but it's because of the drummers. They they had three different drummers on this record. They had Terry Bozio from Frank Zappa's band and shit like that. Crazy fucking drummer. They had Brooks Wackerman who played on a few songs and then Jonathan Davis played on a few songs as well. Um played the drums. So it's it's this hodgepodge of fucking music. Like none of it really makes sense. None of it flows at all. But that's fine because some of the better some of the better songs are really fucking good. Like uh, "Ever Be" and "Hold On." I agree with you. The middle of the record is definitely the best part. The beginning is the the toughest to get through. The middle is the best, and then it rounds out with "I Will Protect You," "Killing," great songs to end the record. Um, but Ever be and hold on. The drumming on Ever Be, I, I'm pretty sure that's Bazio drumming. Yeah, it has to be Bazio. It's too complicated for, for Jonathan. I don't think Brooks would play like that. But yeah, it's it's, it, it's great. And that chorus and hold on is so catchy. I love Jonathan's voice on that one. I love the 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 production of this one. I, everything sounds really dry and open. Nothing sounds muddled, and everything breathes really well on this record. It's it's a bizarre bizarre record. Um, this is also the first record they did not do. This is the first record they did without David, their original drummer. He had went on a hiatus prior to this, just before they started recording this record. This also doesn't feature Head, so it only has you know the three. It's only the three original members. That's the band at this point because they hadn't even hired Ray Luzier yet. They ended up hiring Joey Jordison from Slipknot to play on their tour, which I saw them on the Family Values 2007, which is really cool seeing Joey with Corn. But. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I fucking I, I I really like Untitled, and I don't have this on vinyl. I really want it, but there's no bootleg of it. They only pressed it once when it came out, and it goes for like 130 bucks on Discogs. And Oof. I just can't bring myself to 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 purchase this one. Same with Remember Who You Are. I, that, that one's also like 130, 120, 130, and I just can't bring myself to buy either of them yet. But if you saw it in the wild for like $80, you'd probably pick it I up. I would. I would. Just like I bought the Paradigm Shift. Well, also, yeah. I paid 40 bucks for the Paradigm Shift, so of course I had to pick that one up. I was so excited when I saw that one up on the wall. Oh, my whoever, God. Who, so dude, excited. whoever brought that in had to, have, had to have had more corn. Like You don't just buy I don't know, some yeah. random fucking corn album, right? right yeah, because it's such a... I would say it's an obscure record because it's so late in their career. Like you have to be a corn fan to have that record, like a really big corn fan to have the paradigm shift. It makes no sense. You got more corn in. They just sold it or something. Yeah. Cause we look, I remember looking for more corn in the, in the bins, but I didn't see anything. But at that point I only needed paradigm shift. And then the two I already don't have, cause I already had everything else. But whatever, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So uh, Untitled is my number eight. Oh, also the artwork. I, this is probably one of some of their best artwork they ever had with that bird robot thing. It's fucking crazy. Looks really cool though. It's fine. <sighs> whatever, whatever. So let's uh, get into See You on the Other Side. This is their seventh record from 2005 <clears throat> we got on this one. 
This is uh, my seventh. My seventh. Uh, I ranked it seven. Okay, seven, this is seven. my eleven. This is my eleven B. I will say, um, I, I really like. So I really like Twisted Transistor this time around. Yeah, pretty dope song. It's pretty. It's pretty good. I really liked it. I playlisted it. I think it's fun. There's a lot of there's a lot of industrial metal here, that was just easy to get into. They weaved in and out of the different genres, and JD did a did a pretty good job on every song. Um, I don't have a lot of negative things to say about this. I just think this is just better filler than like the nothing. Because below this, I have the nothing, paradigm shift, surrender of suffering. I just think it's better filler than those three albums. All right, but I did like Twisted Transistor a lot. Songs about transistors. Um, there are some bad songs on this record. This is, well, first of all, this is the first record they did without Head after Head had quit the band and the last one that they did with uh, David, the drummer. So this is also a weird record. They signed this really weird record contract, the first of its kind where they signed a Virgin Records, but Virgin Records actually took a, took a portion of their touring um, revenue as well on top of the record sales, which was had never been done before but the state of the music industry was so crazy and nobody really knew what to do because of of illegal downloading and and all that kind of stuff and and of itunes so they did something really really strange with this record and but because of that because virgin took more of the touring revenue they ended up blowing up this record and putting so much into the marketing of it of the artwork of the promotion of it i mean the, the the promotion for this record hadn't been done since like issues like this is this record was enormous and in that sense but the record the music itself didn't really live i mean it definitely didn't live up to you know the earlier records um i mean there's some like silly songs like politics uh that's (laughs) one hypocrites is another silly one there's some fucking dumb shit on here but i still love it uh my my banger though right now is open up that really kind of bass heavy song it's a bass driven song and feel these bass just is thick. It's fucking thick sounding. I, I love this. So I, I do have a bootleg copy of this um, because they've never officially pressed this. Otherwise, I would have it. And it's a shitty ass bootleg too. Like it's <laughs> it, the the artwork is like really like the contrast is really dark and it's just it's it's, it's bad. It's bad. But whatever. That's when you got from Grace, right? Yeah, I got it from Grace. Yeah, yeah, yeah and that, it immediately shot up in price too. Like in the you know, and well, the short time it was on Discogs, it shot up to like a hundred dollars. I haven't seen it since. Yeah, it sold out everywhere very, very quickly. I, a White Rabbit got one like a few weeks after Grace did, and they sold that within a day. Like it went really quick. Dude, the fucking corn fans come out of their caves and scoop all this <laughs> shit up, huh? <laughs> Dude, corn corn fans are insane, man. They they have, they're way bigger than most people think they are. They really I, are, and they just—they just fucking hide in the shadows. Because <laughs> everybody's embarrassed to say that they they like corn, and it's stupid. It's silly because people you like just, you make fun of them. You shouldn't be embarrassed that you like some of corn, but like you should be embarrassed that you still think later corn is is like just as great and whatever. I don't tell you, the corn goggles are definitely on. N- no, that's all I'm saying. Not. That's all no, I'm saying. Not. No, they're not. They are not. Kg's. All right, so I'm pretty sure I know what your least favorite record's gonna be, and that's gonna that's upsetting. So um, let, let's go, let's go back. Let's go. Let's get into their sixth record. Take a look in the mirror uh, from 2003. Uh, what do you what do you have on this one? Take a look in the mirror. Well, what do you think my my least favorite is? Oh, it's Untouchables. I know you hate Untouchables. You've okay. always hated it, and I'm sure you still hate it. So okay, well let, let's see what happens. So take a look in the mirror is my fourth. This is top four, baby. Wow. Okay. I fucking surprised. A lot of these songs had had JD singing and not new meddling, which was nice. The mm. songs were melodic. They were fun. He did. He still did his like growl and yell stuff that he always does. But there's actually a lot of singing, and it made this like stand out a little bit more. And not his like kind of annoying snotty singing where he's not like that kind of <laughs> shit he fucking does. But it's just like it was just good singing. It was fine. Like he's not like the greatest singer in the world, but he can hold a tune very well. And he's got a lot of a lot of tricks up his sleeve that he doesn't always need to pull out. And that's why I like this one because it's just kind of like dumbed down. And everything I've I've everything I've known was super solid. Um, mm-hmm. 
as was uh, here. It, here it comes again. Here it comes again. Is the yeah. other one that I like a lot. Here it comes again. Here it comes again. Yeah. <laughs> See, like he's still he can still growl and, and be fun. I just thought this album was fun. I, I just thought it was fun. The track they did with Nas, I think that was fucking great. Nas, oh, you liked great. it? <laughs> yeah. It's the anything, silliest song on the record. For sure. Anything like Nas touches is is going to be great. The guy's one of the greatest rappers of all time. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of funny because I had already I've already committed to the fact that Jonathan Davis cannot does not know how to insert himself on hip hop tracks with actual hip hop artists. Just doesn't True. know what to do. Just has yeah. no just has no idea what he's doing. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Which take a look fine. at the mirror. It's fine. Yeah, it's, it's it's endearing. It's endearing. Yeah. Like he he's showing heart. Like he says, "Hey, I want to do this with Ice Cube. I want to do this with Nas. I even want to do this with Fred Durst. I want to do these things." <laughs> But I don't really know what I'm supposed to do. Like, what do I do with my hands type of thing, you know? Like, what do I do yeah, with my hands? Yeah. It's way out of his league. Way, way out of his league. <laughs> yeah. But he tries. It was cute. Yeah. So, Take a Look in the Mirror is my is my uh, my nine. It ranks nine in my list. Um, I, I do love this record a lot. This is the last record the original lineup made together um, before Head left the band to, to find Jesus. And uh, I... My problem with this record was Jonathan's vocals. Yes. I don't I don't like that. I don't like it. This is the record where he changed his his scream to a more of a to more of a growl and I never really liked the growl. It's it grew on me, but when I first heard it on this record, I thought, "Oh my, it just it didn't sound it didn't sound genuine. It sounded like he he was just doing it as like a filler. So I never really, it took forever to get into the growl and he uses it a lot on this record. And I just, I just felt a lot of it was disingenuous. Like they wanted to throw this back to like their first record or life is peachy. They wanted to make a more aggressive record and they tried, but the drum tone would just didn't sound good. It was, it was sounded weird. Everything was very muddled and they, 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 they produced this record themselves. They didn't hire anybody else. This is all them. They recorded this very quickly after Untouchables, which is an insane record when you, when you read about how that record was, was made. Um, but taking, take a look in the mirror was definitely a stripped down approach and it was, it was fine. They got a couple good, uh, covers out of this one cause they record a lot of covers when they record albums and they recorded Word Up, the cameo song, and they recorded Another Brick on the Wall from Pink Floyd. Ugh. And the and the Word Up the Word Up cover is really, really good. Yeah, solid. That's a great one. The the Pink Floyd one, what take it or leave it, whatever. It's it's fine. But um but that word up one is fucking solid. Anyway, take a look in the mirror. I think this is a really good record still. It's my nine, rank nine. Everything I've known, to me, that's like that that's that's a absolute banger of a corn song. I don't want to say it's a top 10 because God, the first two records are so goddamn good, but everything I've known from later corn post nineties corn, this is probably one of their best songs they've done is everything I've known. Okay. So I really, really like that one. And that was a single too. And the video was all fucked. It was this animated weird ass music video. You probably didn't watch it, but it's like, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's just like this really disgusting looking cartoon character with a, in a and he has like a like a hangnail on his finger and he just like rips the skin and he rips the skin all the way up his finger, his hand, his arm. And then he eventually peels the skin off his whole body just from this little hangnail. It's a really fucked up video. <laughs> but um, okay. but yeah, Wait, no, that's not. I'm sorry. That's not everything I've known. That's something else. I think that's there right now. Never mind. That's the video for right now. Everything I've known was is really stupid. Never mind. Anyway, let's move on. Let's move on to. Untouchables, their fifth record from 2002. What do you got on this one? This is my least favorite. This album is fucking trash, dude. This album is absolute trash. It is not good. It is. This is their ballad fucking album. So many of these songs were slow and just built around like providing unfulfilling drops. And I've I've never even I just cannot understand like why they they build they build they build and then drop to nothing. Like nothing happens. It's it's incredibly dull. Most songs just go absolutely nowhere and just seem to rely on like soundscapes. And even then, they did it so much better before and after. I thought this was this was hard to get through. I'm not even gonna lie. This was tough to fucking get through. <laughs> you hated it the last time you listened and you still hate it. I, I appreciate <laughs> I the dedication. I appreciate the dedication. I think you're totally wrong. This is my six. The sits number six. And it actually dropped. This did drop for me. And New that was the most surprising. It makes sense. I get it. <sighs> you know, 
Alkaline I, Tree is what did it. No, 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 no. So this record, I think, it, you know, objectively, I think this is a really solid record. Jonathan had changed his vocal approach. He became more of a singer and more of like a songwriter on this one. Um, the band kind of stepped back and made this more the JD show, which normally I wouldn't like, but for whatever reason, I, I really do like his vocals on this record. I think he did a great, he has, it's a great vocal performance. The drums are just insanely loud. This record also cost them like two or two to three million dollars to make. Dude, it was um, insane how yeah, much money this, they spent just on places to like drink. Yes. So this is like at the height of their part. This is like this is the beginning of the end of the band, really. Because Head left a couple years after this, and that was pretty much the death nail of, you know, the classic corn lineup. And um but yeah, you know, this is this is really the beginning of it because you know they, they actually all moved out to Phoenix, Arizona. They each had a mansion for themselves to live in for like a year or something like that. Then they had a fifth house that they just wrote and recorded in in Phoenix. Millions of dollars spent on this one. They had Michael Beinhorn uh, produce this record. And and I've read interviews that David, the drummer, did about this record. He said he likes it, but it was a pain in the ass because they sp- they literally would spend two days on getting a snare sound. Just the <laughs> fucking snare just to get the perfect sound. And I mean, this record is insane, you know, sonically. This is, I forgot what it's called, but this is the only record to ever be recorded this particular way. It's, a, it's recorded in such a way that it's like one of the most high quality sounding records you'll ever hear in your whole life. Like if you're playing it on a proper speaker and like the original stems or whatever, this is the most pure, best sounding record of all time. And it's the only record to ever, ever to ever be recorded this way, and it's because they had all this money to fucking waste on it, and that's what they did. They, on top they, of the party, they, they spent and, and millions, millions, yeah. millions of dollars to make this record. <laughs> it's fucking insane. They had a and massive just, like crew helping, and it's just yeah, it's fucking that was insane. that was crazy. And you know everybody, everybody's life at this point was falling apart. I mean, head almost head almost murdered murdered somebody at this point in the, in his life because he was so strung out and he was getting fucked around by his wife at the time. Like it's just, everybody was, except for Jonathan Davis. Jonathan Davis was the only person in the band who was clean at this point, And he was the only one who had a level head, but everybody else was, was on a down, like a major, major downward spiral, especially head and fieldy. And um, yeah, this, this record, it's really, it's just, I really dig it. That's a little bit of a history of it. There's a lot more to it, but it doesn't matter. We're not getting into that. Um, my, I got two bangers off this one right now. It's embrace and the song. No one's there. No one's there's the last song. That's like my new favorite. It's probably the slowest song on the record, but the buildup in this song is one of the coolest things they've ever done in their entire career. I, I love no one's there. That it's, it's astonishing. And there's a shit ton of nostalgia with this one too, which I'm not going to get into, but untouchables <laughs> is my number six. So okay. let's let's move on. I fucking love it, man. I have this on vinyls on the vinyls God, too. I hate that fucking album. I really do. I hate the artwork. I do hate the artwork, but I do love the record. So let's get into issues. Their fourth record from 1999. What do you got on this one? This is one that last time I thought was better. Um, this is my six. I ranked the six. I think you ranked it I, lower before, though. Yeah, this one this one did get a little better. Um, I don't have any major issues with it. Mm. Get it? Issues. I see, I see uh, what you did there. It's following the footsteps of uh, Fall Leader. Uh, another one there. Well, there we go. The dude, the singles are like just they're incredibly catchy. Minus "Make Me Bad," um, which isn't nearly as like catchy. Yeah, it's it, it doesn't it doesn't hold the water hold water to the other two. Um, the songs the songs groove well enough, and songs like like "Hey Daddy" are cool because the band just yeah. plays out while JD does his thing. I like that in in the first era of corn that's fine later on it just gets fucking annoying when he does this kind of shit uh, <laughs> my favorite is somebody someone like it, okay. that is just that might be my favorite corn intro with that, I, that high the high-pitched guitar that yeah it's fucking spooky and it leads into that drop and then that like that drum beat when it drops like the drum beat's so sick it's so fucking fantastic just all those tom hits like he's it's like he's playing like the tribal drums like he's just it's bottom style it's just so hard hitting it's it's not a bad album um 
but damn, dude, those those singles are pretty goddamn good. But I they think are. the rest of the album does not doesn't quite reach that potential. See, I disagree with you on this one because issues was the first time I feel like they tried to make I don't want to say a concept record, but a record that flows with the different interludes and the and the songs. All I feel like this is. When it comes to sequencing, this is their best sequenced record. This is my number four, by the way. My, this sits as number four for me. Top four. Um, and um, yeah, I, ju- I just think the sequencing is by far the best. I lo- like. I do love the in- the interludes. Um, I they're only like a minute, minute and a half long, and they're just they're they're these like kind of spooky, kind of groovy things. Feel these bass playing on this record is very it's not as like clackety clack and, and fast. Like he's playing like really awesome fucking grooves. Like he kind of did on a uh, helmet in the bush on life is peachy on that song. Um, not helmet in the bush. I'm sorry. Porno creep, uh, on life is peachy. Um, so there's a lot of that kind of like spooky bait, the spooky bass lines, weird guitars, n- noises and sounds that they're, they're throwing out there. It's, it's a bizarre record. This is the one record too, where David's drumming really was, much more subdued and this was starting to become more of the jd show because jonathan had quit drugs just prior to writing this record completely quit cold turkey and he was a hardcore drug user drinker and all that kind of shit and he quit everything and then he i wouldn't say he got this ego but he just became more of a vocal show the jonathan davis show and david kind of they always kind of clashed at this point and that's kind of why david eventually left because they're they always clashed and um but his drumming was a lot more it wasn't as like churched up like primus style drumming like it was on the first three records but it's still it's still a great performance brendan o'brien produced this one and he has those those big heavier tones like you got on the the couple rage records um that brendan o'brien did on the the incubus record that he did as well you get those really great drum tones Everything sounds great on this record. I just this 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 album's awesome. My banger right now is Dirty. I really the the closer on this one. I think Jonathan's vocals are fucking solid on this one. Another one is Hey Daddy. That's another good one. Um it's just so groovy. It's so fucking groovy and spooky. I I love Hey Daddy. So, I don't know. Issues this is a great record. The artwork's great. Um I love the whole campaign of this record, how they they chose the artwork was really cool and they had all the fans involved. And that's one cool thing about corn is that they always get the fans involved, which we'll get into on the main episode because there's a lot of cool stuff there. So, um, yeah, issues is my number four. So talking a lot, but that's fine. Issues is good. So let's get into follow. Well, we're not going to get into follow, follow, follow the leader, but that's the next in line. Um, what does that say for you? I think that's my number two. It is. Okay. That's my number three. Yeah, follow the leader was a lot lower for you, I think, last time. I think, think it was. I, I think I don't know. Follow the leader was so low, like I hated it. And then uh, we got it in stock, and I listened to it again. And I said, "Dude, this is really fucking cool." Like I really enjoy a lot of these things, even the songs that I don't like. I, mean, I guess we'll get into it. During that yeah, we'll episode. get into it later. Yeah. So then, uh, life is peachy. Um, their second record from 1996. Where does this one sit for you? This is uh, five. Number five, yeah, that's low. But see, this is—I is, think this is higher than it was last than it was last time as well. So, so yeah, this is better than than last time. Um, there's a lot of downtime, a lot of quiet parts that that like are kind of letting the groove just kind of play out. But mm-hmm. there wasn't a groove there; like it was just silence, and it was kind of there just to make you feel uncomfortable, which is fun, and I respect that. But like I don't, I don't. It just, it, it, I don't know. The flow was weird. It was. It, I felt. It felt like it was disjointed. I felt like it was trying to take corn's corn, and make it more weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's some really, really cool songs here, and there's some really like, I don't know. There's some really, really heavy stuffs that they did better than they did on corn's corn. But uh, I think swallow this time around was my favorite. Ooh, that's a good one. I just think it's so I weird, swallow. and the, yeah, the way he says it's just so <laughs> gross and nasty. Yeah, but it's catchy, and I like it. I don't know. I I, I think Life Is Peachy is just a really really solid follow up to Corn's Corn. It is. What What do you think of Wicked, the one with Chino? That was fine. That was fine because it's not necessarily Chino that I hate about the Deftones. 
It's Chino with the Deftones playing the Deftones is what I really, really dislike. <laughs> Chino's vocals is whatever. He can kind of hold that that tone, right? He can kind of just like do let that thing play out, just let that, that single note play out, and that's fine. I just don't like when the band does it. So when you have Korn playing with Chino, it's it's fine. Well, I mean, it's an Ice Cube cover. It's a it's a right Ice Cube. Yeah, it's yeah, a cube yeah. Cover. It's Ice Cube. Yeah, and it's a it's a hip hop song. It's a rap song. So he's rapping. He he does a good job. He does a really good job on Wicked. I feel. Yeah, it's fine. But there are some weird songs on this record. I I do understand it is pretty disjointed. This record came out very quickly um, after. The first record, which was, there's a two-year difference, but after Corn's Corn came out, they toured hardcore. Like, they they did not stop until right right before, like, like maybe a few months before Life's Peachy came out. They were touring. They were burnt out. They went back to Indigo Ranch with Ross, and they just, they wrote, I think this is their heaviest record they've ever put out was Life's Peachy. And this is my number two, by the way. Um, I think this is their hardest record, you know, from the tones down to the actual music to Jonathan Davis just fucking screaming his head off. And these aren't like the the fake growl screams. This is like pure. This is this is like he sounds really upset or really really fucking pissed off. The nuances on this record are amazing. The drum tone, that snare, that that fucking snare man, that piccolo snare that David uses on this record <laughs> is I love David's drum tone on this. Uh, this down to the cymbals, everything is it's perfect. The tone on this record is absolutely fucking perfect on this one. Um just nothing sounds like life is peachy. They start the record off with twist, the absolute insanity of that one minute song where Jonathan Davis is just scatting and acting like a fucking crazy person. And then, you know, you it's just this record is nonstop until you get to Porno Creep, which is that it's a nice break because it's just this aggressive craziness until you get to that that instrumental that which is a really solid instrumental. Then it drops back into Mr. Rogers like, what the fuck is this song? None of it makes sense with the snapping of the fingers. Then you get into the song Cunt, which is one of the most vulgar songs ever. And they wrote that as a joke just to piss off the record label and to piss off radio stations because they actually submitted that song to radio stations to play. And obviously they're not going to play a song like that because it's makes no fucking sense. I should skip that one too. When I played that at the record store, I didn't play that. I skipped over that song. Yeah. Probably for the best. Probably for the best. It's (laughs) a little too much. A little too much. (laughs) Yeah. It's a lot too much. Um, you know, and then you get the Wicked cover, and then you get the Lowrider cover. Like, what the fuck is this? And and the Lowrider cover, cover, it's a great cover. And they actually did that as a joke. They did it for Head's birthday, and Head is the one who actually sings on that song, and that's his real voice. They didn't run it through a filter, so it was his birthday. It was his birthday in the studio, and they were they were recording the record, and they got him a cake, and then they're like, they surprised them. They're like, we're gonna have you sing Lowrider, and then Jonathan Davis learned it on the bagpipes real quick. And there's video of it too. There's like all this, this like three, four minute video of them recording the song. And yeah, he was drinking a beer in the vocal booth head was, and he sang the song with the deep voice. And then it's, it was completely like random. Like they just did it for fun for his birthday as a joke. And it turned out to be this like solid two minute cover. So the album's insane. The album is fucking insane, but I love it. So that is my number two. Oh, my bangers right now. Good God is a, is a great one. Great, fast, aggressive cover. Um, there's some great studio footage of this song too, of them recording the song, and it's really intense. And um, also there's a B-side on here, which is one of my favorite corn songs of all time, and it's called Proud. Um, it was on this, it was a B-side from this for, it was a B-side to the No Place to Hide single. And then it was also on a movie soundtrack, but I cannot, was it Scream? It was on a soundtrack, or was no, it wasn't End of Days. I think it might have been Scream. But anyway, it was, it, it was on a soundtrack, and it was also on the great, the, one of their great kind of greatest hits records in 2004. Um, but yeah, Proud is another great, great song. A lot of good studio footage of that, too, on YouTube, so go check it out. Um, number two, Life is Peachy. Love this band. Love this fucking record. I'm really excited right now. So what do you got for, uh, for so Corn's Corn, their first record. 90, yeah, 1994. That's, 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 I think that's both of our, our favorites. Yes, 100%. Yeah. This, this is, this is the greatest record ever made by any <laughs> band. 
by any band. (laughs) (laughs) It's not even a joke. It's not even up for debate. Oh, we're waking up now, aren't we? Here we go. It's not not even up for debate. This is the greatest album ever made. And why why do you think it's not? And why do you think it's not? I'm not. I'm not even going to why you think it's not. I'm just going to stick you, with why you think Because you don't have great. a reason. Because you don't have a reason. <laughs> okay, it's not even number one on my fucking new metal rankings list. Okay, they're fucking. What is it? Fucking Slipknot, cuck over here. It's not even. It's top five. It's top five. <laughs> it's top. <laughs> oh god. All right. So well, let's 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 yeah, stick what it do, to what, just, do you got, what do you got on Corn's What do you got on Corn's This is. They're they're like landmark albums, right? Throughout throughout time, things things that like hit the scene, that that shape, like like we talked about it during Nirvana, and we didn't never mind, and like things that just shape like music in various ways. Mm-hmm. Corns Corns is, is is one of those things. It's so unique, not all the time melodic, but it covers so much ground, and he creates so many blueprints for essentially most of the other bands on our rankings. I just like you cannot under understate like corn's necessity in the genre not mm-hmm. even necessity like you cannot even like talk about the genre without even mentioning corn's corn without beginning with corn's corn and yeah there are things before corn's corn that we're leading up to i get it fuck off don't care not even the biggest corn fan here by any by any stretch of the imagination but corn's corn is just it's something else it's something yeah. else and and you can you can you can listen to to so many different genres of music and then you throw this on you're like what the fuck was that (laughs) what the fuck did i just listen to even taking out the whole the last track even taking that out it's still like what the fuck was that i don't know i don't know dude imagine imagine that in 94 when nothing else sounded like that imagine this drop imagine this (laughs) dropping and you're just like what the fuck was that yeah i mean I, i don't know Kurt Cobain had just died. Nirvana was dead um, because of that. And grunge was, was coming to a halt like very, very quickly. Um, all those grunge bands had kind of run its course, you know, over those three, four, five years. And, you know, this is, I mean, nothing fucking sounds like corn. No band even to this day sounds like corn. Like it, it's astonishing. Like even bands like people say, Oh, nobody sounds like Led Zeppelin. Well, look at fucking Greta Van Fleet. Yeah, they do sound exactly like Led Zeppelin. A lot of I love Zeppelin. Like Led Zeppelin. And yeah, I'm just saying, like, like yeah. a carbon copy. Like, there's not even like a carbon copy of Corn. Like, no cover band I've ever heard, any Corn cover band I've ever heard that only dedicates their their music their covers to Corn sounds like Corn. Nobody does. Not even not by a fucking mile. Nobody can nail the guitar. Nobody can nail the bass. Nobody can nail the vocals. Maybe the drums, but. You just you cannot you cannot replicate this band. There's nothing that sounds like them or this first record, especially. And it's it like ninety four, like mid nineties, yeah. right? Like Weezer and pop punk and and Dookie's dropping and 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 Smash and all these other things. And then, but they're all still in like the same realm. They all they're all borrowing from each other. They all kind of sound somewhat similar. Yeah, but not this. This is. This is weird. I don't know. It's, it's and, fucking weird. It's bizarre. It doesn't make any sense. And do you know what's so cool about this record when it dropped especially, and even all through the, the mid and late 90s, early 2000s as well, everybody always made fun of Korn. All these bands made fun of Korn. Like, they're they're just this bullshit band. They have no talent. All these punk bands, you know what I mean? Like, you know, the Vandals even made fun of them in one of their songs. You know, a lot of bands made fun of this band, but it's just like, what are you doing that sounds different from your 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 peers? You know what I mean? Like, even if you look at the Offspring and the Vandals, all these bands, they sound like another punk band, and, and, you know, Absolutely. at some point. But nothing sounds like fucking Korn. The closest band you could say that sounds like them is maybe Sepultura. Maybe, Edema sounds maybe. like Korn. Well, yeah, ah. yeah, yeah. A little bit, a little bit, only vocally. We try to sound like Korn. Also, fun fact with Edema, the bass player oh. in Edema was the bass player in Jonathan's band Sex Art. So there you go. Um, and also his half brother is in Edema. But anyway, um, Corn's Corn. Yeah, it, it, this is this this is a beyond banger. My fi- my my biggest banger, um, not my favorite Corn song, but top three is Lies. The song Lies, track ten on this record. Later track. This is that's a that's a fucking banger of a song yeah i i 
I I have so I have this, and then I also have uh, Fall the Leader on the vinyls. I would I would probably buy Path if I saw it in the wild, which mm-hmm. probably not going to happen. But um, I'm good with those. And like sonically, I remember I, I you brought your Corn's Corn here when you first got it because yeah. it is just a good sounding record. And when you play it like on a nice stereo system, a lot of those lower ends come up better than they do on like Spotify or earphones or whatever. And yeah. this is just an album. And this is just a band that just, they kind of stay in the lower end. And that's where like they really do like their magic in those lower tones. And and there's a lot of nuance in those lower ends. And you can just, even, we'll, we'll get into a follow leader, some of the songs where those, those like detune, like, strings you just kind of like you can just picture them just flapping right oh no th- like, th- those are tuned lower than d th- those they're tuned down to like c and a like like like, like <laughs> just waving a towel just fucking flapping dude just not yeah. even like no like what are you even doing like yeah, so right, they're tuned so low that that you you plug it into like a tuner and it's, it's not even gonna pick it up it won't yeah <laughs> <laughs> it won't even pick it up yeah like know. your Come standard on. tuner won't do it yeah Corn's corn, just from that from the opening of Blind, dude. Just it's just it's so iconic. Did you um did you listen to the Niedermeyer's Mind demo tape? The one before before, before Corn's, Corn's Corn. Corn? I did yeah, not so know. Uh, okay, so it has a demo of of Blind, Daddy, uh, Predictable, and then it has a song called Alive, which actually they re-recorded for Take a Look in the Mirror. Um, but the version of Blind on Niedermeyer's Niedermeyer's Mind. Is way different, man. You should really, you should really give it a listen. I wish you would have given it a listen. It's really different. It's cool though. Did you put in the notes? You no, notes. I didn't put it in the notes. Well, because no, we did follow the leader. We didn't do that's corn true. Corn. But go back and listen to it. Like it's the intro is like only ten seconds, maybe. But the riffs, the like the I don't know. It's hard to explain. You just have to listen to it. His vocals are different too. It's that Niedermeyer's mind demo is um, <laughs> is really cool. <laughs> Honestly, even before JD comes in, like blind is that's that's new it's metal. Such a cool buildup, man! Like literally, they fucking built a a a, a genre around a couple <laughs> riffs and a high and, and a symbol. Yeah, the ride symbol and like the the most simple guitar riffs. Really, they're just it's the simplicity that makes it so beautiful. They were, they were, yeah, it's, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Like our, our, our new metal rankings list. So many of those bands would not have paychecks in their pockets had it not been for just that opening riff of, of blind. You're right. And then when Jonathan comes in with the, are you ready? As stupid and silly and cheesy as it, as it is. I love that. Fuck. I think it's so cool. It, it, oh, I mean like the lyrics, how stupid, how stupid the words like that, that, that sentence is, but the way he, he screams it and then everything drops in and it explodes. It's, it's insanity. It's fucking insanity. <laughs> oh man. It's a good album. dude. It's a killer album. It's a killer album. Oh boy. All right. Let's, let, let's, let's get, let's finish and let's get into fall. Let's, later. Yeah. Let's, 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 let's all right. Let's. So thank you all for listening. Go to, you know, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, give us five stars, five stars only. Keep listening to all your friends. And um, that's it. That's all. John Davis. <laughs>